0: radio podcast a podcast dedicated to horological hot takes taboo topics and often unpopular watch opinions i'm one of your hosts schmidt and i'm joined as always by my good buddy you guys know him you love him the brodinkas bro what is going on my friend what's up what's up we are anxiously
1: awaiting what we're supposed to get is the first snowfall of the year for us up here in new york which is strange because the south already got theirs at least the southeast but we're awaiting I'm selfishly hoping for a snow day, even though I only have like three days left to work for the next couple months, which is awesome. But I really want to get out there with my newer little guy. He was born in February, but obviously way too young to go out in the snow last year. So this is going to be his first snow experience as a cognizant human being. So that's we're excited. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, I got, the, I got right. the fingers crossed. I'm doing the Bart Simpson at the window, hoping for a snow day for tomorrow. But we'll see if that comes to fruition. How, uh,
0: how's everything about you? See, everything's going well, but what's interesting, the difference between you and I, like, I pray that the snow will never come, <laughs> and you're praying that it does come. Just From where I'm at, we're just not people accustomed to that type of weather, and unfortunately for the city that I live in, when it does happen in the few times that it has over the last 30 years or so, the entire city shuts down. Everyone panics. We have no infrastructure to support it, and it's just, like, all anarchy everywhere. So it's not good for us southerners to have a snow day so um it's funny when we do have snow days it's like a half an inch dusting and like the entire world it comes to a screeching halt so it's kind of funny but no everything else is good man the holidays were good as always so you know it is what it is we're moving into 2022 and things have been been well and this year we're going to have a two
1: twenty two twenty two. unfortunately we did not drop episode two of the new year on
0: that date but Yeah, nobody's perfect. It would have been a little bit late. It would have been a little (laughs) bit late, you know? So what do we got on the docket for tonight, bro? I know we you and I have touched on some things and we want to kind of cover some some interesting stuff. Maybe help our fellow watch fam out with some uh, some new kit uh, for the new year to start things off right.
1: Yeah, I know just from conversing with people that we have a pretty wide variety of collectors that follow this show, and that includes people who are All walks of life, all income levels, all, I don't know, depths of this hobby. So people who are just starting out down to savvy collectors and all that. And so every once in a while, we like to do a nice informative episode and throw in some insightful stuff. So I wanted to do an episode on basically watch essentials and must-haves. Because if you're going to be going deep in this hobby, and I'll pause for meme reference. Try to go deep, Ben.
0: Going deep, Ben. We love it. Going deep. But if you're trying to go deep
1: in this hobby, right, owning watches alone is going to get tedious because you're going to have to have somebody else size your bracelets, change your straps, diagnose and fix your issues. Whereas if you have the right tools or little gadgets, you can maybe save yourself some time and some money long term. I mean, it is going to be a little bit of an investment. but. Sure. Rather than having to go to a jeweler every single time you need something, maybe you can sort things out yourself, which is kind of nice. And yeah. plus, you all you always need uh, props to uh, put in your watch photos that are super staged, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And what would what would watch fam photos for IG be without the beautifully paced coffee cup or? The spring bar tool or some type of leather watch roll or something. We got to give you guys some props. You got to let people know that you have accessories. That's right. I mean, this is part of the hobby, right?
1: (laughs) So our goal today was to go over, I guess, the importance and the significance of each item that we've picked. And then we're going to give sort of a budget option and then a a higher end option for you bougie folks out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can't forget you guys, a rich fam. That's it. (laughs) So um, do you want to jump into this? You want to start right off and and start firing away? So I guess for me personally, like the most important tool in in the arsenal for for beginning watches is probably spring bar tool. Would you agree on that? I think that's the one you have to start with just because
1: it's not only the most frustrating tool to use, but I think (laughs) it's also probably the most frequently used one. Yeah. So I I think we'll start there, and okay. what I tried to do was I tried to keep most of my picks uh, easily accessible. So a lot of Amazon picks, not really hunting the hunting the dark web for <laughs> for bargain buys or anything. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but just coming across the spring bar tools are tough because I've had cheap ones in the past, and the tips break really easily. Yeah,
0: and at that point they're just garbage. Yeah, yeah. The the tips are everything for a spring bar tool. They like, really it just are one hundred percent everything. And if you don't get one, you get it like an ex, like a price accessory one or accessible one, I should say. If you don't have well done f- defined tips, like it can it can screw your spring bars up and screw your case up. So it's
1: important. Yeah, and usually the ones that come with those kits, like the full kits, are really not that great. No, <laughs> but just perusing around, um, Barton Bands makes one. Okay. Reliable company. I liked everything I've ever gotten from them. So they make one, and not only does it come with a spring bar tool for 11 bucks, but it also comes with two additional tips.
0: Oh, nice, so you already get some in the package.
1: Yeah, so that's nice, because like I said, I've, even expensive ones, I've just been in a real tight tolerance before, you move it the wrong direction, snap.
0: Yeah, especially all those Rolex and Tudor bracelets out there, like, done. It was a Tudor bracelet, that's exactly (laughs) what it was. trying to get (laughs) those tolerances are so tight man it's just like as soon as you're in the wrong spot and you're like i think i can muscle it just general rule of thumb watch fam like if you try to muscle anything in watches you're going to screw something up whether a scratch a dent like you're going to break something if you're doing watch making stuff whatever it's it's just not good never force anything with watches they're too delicate
1: for that it's it's a lesson i've learned from handling many knives in my day is that if you're forcing it you are just going to get yourself into trouble. And so yeah. if you're using the right tool for the right job, you should not have to force it. And if you are, you're probably gonna wind up injured. And that has yeah. happened to me plenty of times.
0: Mm, I don't even <laughs> with watches, don't
1: need- not with knives, thankfully.
0: Okay, good, good, good. I was gonna say it's like it always scares me. Like I've heard some of the horror stories from my sister who's also in the culinary arts. And I'm just like, I how do you have all ten of these bad boys still on your hands there? It's well, let me ta- it can get kind of dicey. Funny story is, you wind up cutting yourself on
1: the stupidest things peelers, mandolin, the blade on the tinfoil or saran wrap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you're moving fast, and, and, you know, we use gigantic versions of those. So, like, you like karate chop is to get the, the, the foil off of the packaging, and you just miss, you hit the blade, and you get a scratch. But, yeah, you cut yourself on the dumbest things. <laughs> and then you I—you can use a knife for so many consecutive days and never, ever cut yourself. It's really wild, but neither here nor there, but spring bar tools, same deal. If you're using it incorrectly, you're just going to jab yourself and you, it's very
0: easy to draw blood. Let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you know, true watch fam, when you look at their fingertips and it's like, there's little holes there. That's from all the spring bar forks, just stabbing you right in the tip. So on that note, since you went with more of a, a budgetary option here for our friends, $11 is certainly a good, a good option. And especially from a reputable company like Barton, I think they're based in Austin. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Barton. Um, and it's awesome that they come with extra tips because God knows that that is so important when you are dealing with tools. Um, I went with a few different options because I want to give people a few different price points of nicer quality tools. And this will be a kind of a reoccurring theme throughout the rest of this podcast as well. Um, As you echoed earlier, but uh, one of the new ones that I wanted to stress um, are tools just frankly made by Bergeon, which I think most of watch would agree is just these are really, really well-made tools. A lot of the Swiss brands are using them. Industry standard. Um, They're industry standard. Like this is what they're equipping their watchmakers with. So these are high-quality tools. Um, Bergeon just came out with a new version of their standard spring bar tool. They just updated it. Um, The new reference is the 8111. It's $32. You can find it online. I'm sure Amazon or other places you could actually probably find it a little bit cheaper. eBay, maybe. Um, but it's a brand new version. has a new knurled grip. It looks really nice and it's slick. And the thing I love the most about this tool is it's very easy to use. Still relatively cost you know, uh, effective. But the biggest thing that I noticed is from the actual practicality of the tip. It has a very long tip which means it's easier to get in and out of those bracelets in and out of those straps really easy without damaging the case sides or anything like that. Because what I've experienced on a lot of cheaper versions is the actual tool itself will rest on the lug. And that's what scratches the case is it's not actually the fork tip. It's the actual tool itself rubbing on the case and that can cause some damage there. Um, Another version that I think a lot of guys like is a new um, version on uh, 7825. These are the spring bar tweezers these are a little bit more expensive at about 130 to 180 dollars is what i've seen so there's like a pretty wide variance online um i've had limited success with these um partly because like you have to you almost have to put one tip end in first on one of the spring bars and then kind of squeeze the tweezers yeah maneuver it in and maneuver it in and that can be a little tricky because if you're not paying attention you're gonna maneuver that tip right off off that lug, and it's just gonna it just negated everything that you paid for. So you had to be a little bit uh, a little bit crazy about that, a little bit careful. Um, which brings me to my last option. So this is the Bergeon uh, 6825. It's about hundred and seventy dollars. It can be found for cheaper, um, but this is basically a modified version of the spring bar tweezers that have a adjustment locking mechanism so once you find the tension on the spring bar itself you can lock it into place and then remove the bracelet you keep that same tension when you reinstall it and so you're not trying to squeeze and move at the same time the tool does it for you so those are my three picks for a little bit more elevated price point options if you're getting into the spring bar game yeah and couple honorable
1: mentions there. I know Warren and Wanda has kind of their own proprietary tool on their site. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen it. It's a mm-hmm. spring bar tool, and I think it also doubles as a screwdriver, if I'm not mistaken. It kind of looks oh, like no a way. pen. Yeah, yeah. I think it does. I, It's been a while since I looked at it. I want to say it does, but I thought that was pretty cool. 35 bucks. If you're getting all that in one shot, I think that's not a bad price. No, no, not at all. And then with regard to tweezers, a lot of people that I've talked to in in my day, have sworn by the tweezer, because like you said, you don't have all that, I guess, excess risk of rubbing metal on metal, or yeah. just slipping so much. And the one you mentioned is kind of the the top of the line everybody talks about. One yeah. other one that I've always heard of that people talk about is Horofix. And generally, okay. they're a little less. They're still expensive. They're still 90 bucks, but yeah. if you're trying to spend 90 bucks and not 150 bucks. I get it. And I I know you can find them on Esslinger. I think you can find some lesser versions on Amazon, but I don't know if those are ones you want to take a chance with. I did.
0: Not great. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I was like, okay, this one's like 25 bucks. Let me see if it works. Um, The tension on the tweezers is very like finicky. Oh yeah. So not only does it like, it's easy to compress, but it also doesn't like open up wide enough, so I don't, like I find myself having like use my fingers to like open it. up, yeah. Yeah, so it's just not again, guys. You get what you pay for when you're dealing with watch tools. Take it from our firsthand experience. Amazon can be the answer for some things. It's not always the answer for everything. Sometimes quality, you you are getting that in the better tools, 100.
1: Yeah, and if I could share an interesting story, going back to when you were talking about. Uh, Tudor tolerances and everything. So Tudor tolerances are ridiculously tight to begin with. Mm-hmm. When I got the Black Bay GMT, I originally got it on the leather because I okay. liked the way the red leather looked with it. So I got it on that, and then I was like, oh, I'll just source a bracelet aftermarket. No big deal. Uh, not aftermarket, sorry. Secondary market. I bought a used mm-hmm. one, right? So I go to install this bracelet, and this thing will not go on. And I'm trying to figure it out, and I've stabbed myself multiple times already, and I'm just like frustrated beyond belief. So I I hop on and I start looking around and I find out they use a different size spring bar in the leather in the bracelet. Yes. And that's why it wouldn't go in. Yeah. And so I just stabbed the crap out of myself because
0: I didn't know. <laughs> um, was it longer in the leather strap?
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's why it that's wouldn't pretty, fit
0: in on the bracelet. Yep. yep. That's, that's pretty customary. And, and the reason for this, if you guys didn't know this, this is something that a lot of people, don't realize but if you are ever doing that exact same problem this is uh this is what happens so leather straps rubber straps those types of things especially if they're not um case fit so they're not integrated right um they can be wiggled out like if you have a short spring bar and you tension it back and forth enough you could literally pop it out of the spring bar holes right because the strap can flex more When you have a bracelet in there, there's no flexion point because the bracelet will be held in place, usually by the end links or some type of thing sitting across the case side. So it keeps it from torquing back and forth, negating its ability to come out as easily, which is why it can be sometimes more secure. Um, So you usually find bracelets will have tighter tolerances and slightly smaller spring bars as compared to the same models with leather straps from the same brand. I know. I only know this too because Omega does the same thing. Yeah. So, little sage advice from somebody
1: who screwed their hands and their lugs up. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> That's it. That's what this is about. This is about life. The more lessons, you know, baby.
0: Yeah. I insights, mean, absolutely.
1: right? This you don't get this kind of insight anywhere else, right? I am not afraid to tell you I'm a goddamn
0: moron. <laughs> it happens, man. We've all been there. We have all been there. Learned from our mistakes, you know, because. We, we have made enough of them, that's for sure. Uh, so moving on, I think probably
1: the next most important tool, maybe even the most important tool for a lot of people, especially watchmakers, screwdrivers has to be. Yes. Right. I mean, probably less for us because we use it mostly for changing bracelet lengths. The occasional, I mean, if you want a Panerai, that's how you change your, your straps. That's their yeah. lug system is a screw. So it's always nice to have a a good screwdriver, a sharp screwdriver, yes, with a good edge, because again, edges break, edges wear down. And if you have a crappy screwdriver, and it's not holding an edge, and it keeps popping out of the screw. Well, now you're gonna have scratch lugs on the outside, which is even worse than scratch lugs on the back. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a brand I've seen sold on plenty of other websites. Again, on Amazon. It's a brand called Moody Tools. They make precision screwdrivers. It's a six piece set. Now, I'm going to give you the serial because I'm afraid that they also make maybe not so friendly drivers for watches, but this is the 58-01 MT-SD500. It's $21 for six pieces. You get a, a bunch of different length and width screwdrivers, and I think you get a couple different heads on there too. So. That'll help you change out your bracelets and probably any other task you could probably dream up, I would think.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I, was this the one that was also advertised on the warning Wild well website? I think this is either, this, I ne- it's
1: might be the same, but it's
0: definitely the same brand. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely recognize the name for sure. And I'm glad, and I'm glad you went off. with something like this. It's a little bit more established because like some, like there's a lot of watchmaker screwdrivers on Amazon and are probably a lot trash. of trash they're all garbage. They are all garbage guys. You gotta be very careful. Um, Yeah, man. So, so have you, have you had any experience with the Moody? These ones
1: I have not, I've heard nothing but great things about them because I'm actually in the market for some screwdrivers and I have only the crappy ones that have come with like either kits that people have gotten me or like multi tool packages and they're Mm -hmm. not great. And so that's why I've been in search for one, and I finally got an Amazon gift card. I'm probably going to burn on these. So I will let you know how it turns out. But the ones that come with the kits are so bad. Like, the tips don't even stay in them. Like, you can't even screw them in properly. They come out. There's no, um when you try to turn them, there's no resistance on them, even though it's supposed to, like, catch in the notch when you turn it. Yeah. Like, inside the the handle, it just doesn't. And... Again, it just leads to unnecessary damage and frustration. So screwdrivers, like anything else that's supposed to say sharp, need to be sharp and need to have that edge. And yeah, I know absolutely. They, Amazon, they try to bait you with the fancy holders, with the fancy colors, different kind of handles. Don't fall for it. Don't be a sucker. Don't be 100%. a sucker.
0: It's, it's, your watch is not worth it. <laughs> No, no, especially not a luxury piece. Like, it's okay if you screw up a Tissot or something like that. Okay, maybe you're going to feel it a little less. Now, I'm not going to say that you're not going to feel it, but maybe you'll feel it a little bit less And say, you know, an Air King or, God forbid, a Tiffany Blue Doll OP, right? Um, <laughs> but on that note, you know, uh, these are very important. And, and I, I cannot stress this enough to watch, fam, when it comes to actually, you know, Having nice tools, screwdrivers are certainly a big part of it, just like the springboard tools. They have to be really, really high quality. And, and you said it perfectly they had to be able to hold an edge. That is the one thing that I don't think people often realize about their screwdrivers. Is guys keep in mind, this is not your dad's like old 1950s craftsman you found in the back of the barn. Like, this is a screwdriver that's going to be doing very tight tolerances. It's very easy to scratch screw heads, it's very easy to mar screw heads, and it's the very worst. easy to It's very easy to break off a screw in a bracelet or some type of watch component. It's very easy. So um, one of my favorite brands and actually a set that I personally own, I just own a much older version of it. Um, There's another great brand out there besides Bergeon. You can certainly go with them. They make a litany of different screwdriver sets at different price points. You can even buy some of them on Amazon. Bar none, anything that's Bergeon is a high-quality tool. It may just not be as refined as some of the other versions. But I do know that they make a few, like, four or six-set uh, screwdriver sets on Amazon. You can buy them. But the one that I'm going with today um, is a set by Auratec. Um, This is a set that I personally own. It is, I believe it's 10 screwdrivers, so it kind of covers the full range. Uh, but it, the set is called the uh, the MSA 0121, and the newest updated version is the C version. Uh, so this one does come with a holder. It does come with extra blades, and it does come with all of the screws, uh, drivers themselves. Now the biggest difference between this and say something that's a little bit more standard is the way that they rotate on the screw heads. Um, all of these use micro ball bearings on the top part where you put your finger and, oh, yeah. and the little shaft to rotate. So there's almost no resistance. It's very smooth. It's very fluid. And so it gives you the proper amount of control and torque as you're working with the screw itself, Um, which is very important because, again, you don't want to slip. You don't want to damage a, a screw. You don't want to damage a bracelet. It's very important. So that is why you're paying for the more expensive version is because of how easy it is to rotate, how easy those tolerances are. And the new versions have an upgraded knurling on the shaft itself to make it easier to grip and and turn extra tight screws. So um, that would be my recommendation. Um, There's various price points out there. I just double checked uh, the price on on Ofree. It's 169.95, so 170 bucks. Is it inexpensive? No, not by any means. But is this a high quality set of screwdrivers that will be you'd be proud to have on your on your bench at home or on your desk? Absolutely. Are they tools that are going to last a lifetime? Absolutely. This is really a one-time investment. Proper tools, proper uh, blades and everything, you'll be able to switch it out for years and years to come. And explain OFRI for the for the noobs out there. That's a legendary website. Yeah, so o uh, OFRI is an old school website. I believe they're based out of Oakland, California, if I'm not mistaken. So shout out to our West Coast listeners if you are listening. Uh, But Ofri is basically like a old school watchmaker and jewelry website for repair work. Um, They sell everything from actual watchmakers benches to like you know watchmaking lamps and tools and things like that to buy stuff. So a lot of these things that we're talking about, you can actually find on their website. Um, They're kind of old fashioned. Last time I checked, you still have to like email them for like your order, (laughs) uh, which is kind of crazy, but you know, Hey, it's worked for them for, for decades. And I don't see them changing it anytime soon, but they offer a lot of great products and a lot of great know-how when it comes to tools specifically for watchmakers. So go check them out. Yeah. And that's,
1: how do you spell that? O-F-R-E-I.
0: Yeah. It's O-F-R-E-I.com. Yeah.
1: So check that
0: out. It stands for auto-free.
1: And they even sell, I used to look for, they sell uh, vintage parts for certain watches too, like Omega Parts. I used to look for end links on there. A lot of cool stuff on there.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of great stuff. So if you're bored one day and you want to dive into the treasure trove that is Ofri, go down their website, go check it out. They make a lot of great stuff. They have a lot of great stuff. Okay. Another one for me,
1: as far as must-haves, I'm a guy, I like a watch roll. I'm not so big on the, the harder ones. I like the softer ones in general, just because you can kind of roll them up tight and pack them in yeah. wherever you want. And I'm probably not going to be like checking my watches in a bag or anything. So I'm really never going to be banging them around to maybe need that hard case. So I usually look for the canvas ones and there is a brand called, I think it's, I don't know if it's Medier or Medier Life. 14.99 for a two-watch roll, 24.99 for four. I actually own this, and it's it's canvas. It's tough, pretty standard. It's got the drawstring on it. You wrap it around, and the inside is nice, soft suede. Really, nothing to complain about. Does the job perfectly. No bells and whistles. The pockets are deep. They're not too stuffy. That's what I look for when I I want a watch roll. And that was when we when we hung out. That was what I brought my watches in when I was when I was yeah. rolling around New York City with. Thirty grand worth of watches in my
0: backpack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that's awesome, man. So, so canvas. Yeah, you're gonna can- have to send me canvas that canvas outside.
1: Canvas outside, suede inside. Okay, you're gonna send a, me that uh, link. no no frills watch roll. You know, that's that's what I look for. I'm not, I'm not a person. I don't need leathers. I don't need wood,
0: rich mahogany. <laughs> Well, you're putting me on the spot here because apparently I came to the party with the expensive stuff as we as we decided on earlier. Um, so I have a watch roll. This is made by the good friends at Wolf. Um, Wolf is a very respected watch brand, especially yeah. when it comes to, you know, accessory items like winders, watch boxes and watch rolls. Uh, they have one that's now part of their collection called the Blake, which is it's a three watch roll. But this is one of those ones. It is a leather watch roll, but it's a tube. So, um, yeah. these have been pretty popular in the last few years and for good reason, it's enough of a hard shell to keep your watches from, from being crushed from downward pressure. Um, but for me, one of the biggest things that I look for in a modern watch roll, if I'm going to do a tube like this is a divider between the watches. Cause before when these kind of tubes became popular, they had one kind of like long pillow cushion on the inside uh, that's no good. you put your watches on it. So it's like, as you're carrying them around, they're literally like smacking each other side to side. I'm like, that's not a brilliant move. Uh, Obviously somebody who's not in watch community designed this and not somebody who collects watches. So um, since then they've evolved and the Blake is certainly one of these. It has a little divider between each one of the pillows. Um, So it's a long pillow, but it has a divider between each one of them for your watches. What's also really cool is the Blake uh, uh, inside of the pillow, there's actually a smaller tube that you can pull out that you can put like spring bars and straps and like other oh. little accessories inside, which I think is pretty si- slick. That's that's pretty slick. That is so uh, it's a very nice execution, very nice presentation. Um, again, if you are going to take these on a business trip or something and you want something a little bit nicer than you know your kind of fold over watch roll, this is certainly a good option. Uh, and you know it's it's not. Inexpensive again, but it's also not too expensive. Depending on the model that you're getting, uh, anywhere between two hundred and twenty and three hundred dollars online. Um, again, you know, it sounds like a lot of money up front, but when you have thirty thousand dollars of watches that you don't want banging around, maybe the two hundred and twenty bucks isn't so bad. Yeah,
1: and I, I think that's pretty standard across the board. If you go to Bulang and Son or you go to Hodenki, you're gonna find they're all gonna be two, three, four hundred bucks Absolutely. and up. So I don't think that's too crazy when that's kind of the, the going rate. And the other yeah, part about those is that they, they look great in photos. If you ever, when they flip them open you kind of hold yeah. them in
0: your palm, you, you get that triple watch in a row. It,
1: yeah, it
0: does look good. It does. But, yeah. There you go. There's another prop for your IG feed. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, it's a respectable brand. Like Wolf is a household brand. They are a brand with integrity. They make a great product. Like there's a reason why they're still around. They make great watch winders. So, this is the brand that I would feel comfortable putting my watches into and traveling with them. I mean, that's again, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy nice pieces, you want to store them well. This is the way to do it. Yeah, no no arguments there. If you're uh, if you're a person who has
1: super expensive stuff, yeah, you have to treat it well. That's just you know law of the land. Law of the land, baby. <laughs> okay, next watch cases. And by cases, I guess this kind of blends with the last one. It's almost like a I guess you go box or travel case. I I have one for both. So I started with the watch pod and it's the the one I think everybody's used to. It looks like a donut. Mm -hmm. And you could either get one, two or three again on Amazon. One is 13 bucks. Two watches is 22. Three watches is 24. For me, that's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. You get the three. But yeah. I, I've owned a bunch of these and they, they've never let me down. They're they're kind of anti-crush resistant, even though they're kind of soft. I would say the only thing, I would say a, a pro tip is to either keep some styrofoam, a packing peanut, or like a mini pillow around because the middle part of the donut is not always so pronounced that it'll separate your bracelet completely, or at least to the level I'm comfortable, where I'm worried about the bracelet touching the back of the watch. So I usually like oh, to drop see, something in the middle for a little shock absorption and for a little buffer yeah, yeah. there. Um, it also depends on which models you get. I think the newer ones are a little better about that, but the older ones, it was not so much there. And I would get a little a little weird about, when you have a nice case back, you don't want to be damaging that, right? You have a nice yeah, hippoc- for sure.
0: hippocampus, something like that. You don't want to damage that. Come on. I, I did, it's funny, I did make that mistake on one of my old school doxes. I put it, I, I had a, like a travel pouch and I slid it in there and the bracelet was just rubbing. That's what I'm saying. And it just, I just, I pulled it out and I was like, oh my God, how? And then I realized what had happened. I'm like, Jesus. And it was, it was back in the day. This is like when the watch travel pouches were just first coming out. And then people came out with them later and they had like the little leather card that you would like put between the case back and the bracelet. Yes. So it didn't do that. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't do this. Yeah, totally understand what you're talking about. So it's funny that you you mentioned this because the way that I took it when we were discussing this earlier, I was like, okay, watch rule is like, okay, we got three watches or so. We're going to take this you know, on a trip. Watch case for me is like, okay, I'm going to a meetup and I need a few more extra pieces, but I want to carry them in something a little bit nicer because I'm going to show it to everybody. And then if we talk about a watch box here in a moment, I was like, okay, that's what I store my stuff at home. Yeah. So I kind of was thinking about three different things. So I already just mentioned the watch roll. Uh, for me, I found a cool carrying case. Um, is it, again, is it the Invicta one? The ammo it's box? It's definitely not the Invicta <laughs> Pro Diver. banana yellow, waterproof, you know, safety flare gun case. It's definitely That's not the that one. one. <laughs> I know it is. We have an Invicta store in our mall here. It's so bad. They have like a boutique. It's, I, I, it's like physically repulsive for me to think about nothing. No shade to you guys out there with pro divers or like the pro diver 1953s. Cause those are sick watches. I would own one, but anything else, if you're coming at me with like a Russian pro diver with like the canteen crown, we're not, we are not the same. We cannot be friends. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. So uh the watch carrying case that I found is made by a brand called Scully and Scully. i believe they have a retail location in New York City, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I think everybody has a retail location there. Uh, But this is a cool it's a cool case. Um, It carries nine watches. And what's interesting about it is it's a small case, relatively thin, it opens up almost like a watch box. But it has slots for watches on bracelet, slots for watches on straps. And then it has an internal compartment that you can store extra straps, spring bars, and, and spring bar tools. And it's a beautiful black saffiano leather, which is a nice kind of grained leather. It's all Italian, and it has a green suede inside. It's like super nice. It's got a locking key thing on it, and it's $375.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's up there, but I could carry ten, almost 10 watches to a meetup with all my tools, extra straps, and I could carry both bracelet options and strap options in a pretty small-sized case. To me, that's kind of a winner at that price point. And the fact that it's, you know, again, you're going to a meetup, it's it's kind of like you're going to be socializing. You want a little bit of extra, you know, pizzazz, if you will, because um, you're going to be displaying these watches too, right? So you wanted something a little bit nicer. Um, I think this would be would be something that certainly fits the bill. And plus that green and black looks really good.
1: Yeah. Plus, like we were talking about, if you have so much money invested already, what's a couple hundred bucks, two, yeah. three hundred bucks, something nice. And you get all those accessories. You get places to store your stuff, straps. I like how does it differentiate between bracelets and strap
0: watches? So the the straps have like the little cutout where it has like the watch head and a little kind of like slender cutout that they lay flat. I mean, the bracelet watches have the actual pillows. Okay, that's cool. You know what I'm like talking it. about? Yeah. And it's cool because the the, the the strap ones actually like snap up into like a hidden compartment. It's, it's pretty cool looking. When I found it, I was like, this is something that I should probably go buy. It's like it's way more money than I would normally spend on something like this, but it's just it's really cool. I think it'd be great. I think you should buy that Dr. Strange cabinet with the watch winders in it. That you also found.
1: <laughs> Not the one in the movie. We found one. Oh around. my
0: gosh. Yes. It's made by the same company, if you can believe it, Scully and Scully. And they make like a 12 watch winder armoire. And it's like $150,000, something insane. And I'm just like, I was telling Bro, over. I was like, if Run I had rack. all the money in the world, yes, I'm going to have a man cave with that bad boy sitting in it because I want all my watches ridiculously winding and needing extra service because they're constantly running. Uh, in that 12, that 12 watch winder case. Okay, on to the next tier. So we were on the same level
1: there. We went watch case, then watch box, which is where you're leaving it at the end of the day. Correct, right? yes. Now, I was looking for your prototypical however many slot box, and there's one you could find from a brand, NEX, 20 bucks, six slots, like the standard if you're thinking about watch box, this is it. Flips open, six pillows, wide enough to fit a 45 millimeter watch. So Mm -hmm. let me tell you, that is a pitfall, though, when you are looking for watch boxes, because if you are not aware of what you're buying, remember, watch sizes kind of more recently went up. They have not always been big. So people, I don't know if they always accommodated for that, because I, when I was first starting out, I bought one and it probably only fits forty one, forty two, maybe tight.
0: Wow. Yeah. So super narrow. Yeah. And so
1: over the years, and it's funny when people know you collect watches, coworkers, friends, they're like, "Oh, I got you a box to store your watches." Like I don't have one, but I'm always grateful, and I'm always like, yeah. "Thanks." And you know, you retire old ones, and you you find uses for them one way or another. But important to look at how thick are the the compartments and the pillows because yeah. 100%. If you've got something like Panerai or even some bigger G-Shocks or something. you got a full might, watch
0: box of Invicta's. 100%. That's
1: why you need the ammo box. With the yeah, flare gun.
0: exactly. <laughs> with your but, flare gun, yes. Your emergency flare gun.
1: But make sure you check that out. Um, so this one does have that. Uh, looking at stuff, I kind of came across this other one. It's called a The brand is called, I guess, My Gift. I don't know. It's a wood watch case and valet tray in one, which is pretty cool. Okay. And so it's got little slots for if you want to put anything, wallet, spring bars. So pretty neat. And it holds four watches. And for me here, it was a psychological play because I was thinking if it only holds four watches, it won't encourage me to try to fill it out because I feel like that's a trap people people fall into. You buy a 20 watch box because you're like, yeah, why not? The more, the merrier. And I might need the space. And then you're like, I have to fill out this 20 watch box. Yep. And then next, very thing daunting. You know, next thing you know, you're chasing watches to fill out this box. And you might be throwing Casios and Timexes in there, but that stuff adds up. Yeah, it does. And at the end of the day, that's kind of a, a stressful picture. You go over to that in the morning and there's 20 of them sitting there ticking at you. And you're like, and,
0: and, and here's the other thing, too. You can't post it for the gram missing <laughs> 10 watches. No, not at all. You know? You know what I mean? Like, you can have 10 in that box and then have 10 blank spots and be like, ah, what am I going to put there? Let me just wrap Natives around them. Maybe that'll that'll help it out. Like, no, you got to go full in. You got to go full tilt. So you got to fill out that 20 slot. I'm with you, man. It's a psychological battle. No way. No matter how you slice it, dude, it's crazy. And that one, so it's some handmade wood box. So it's like 30,
1: 34 bucks, something like that. But I don't think that's outrageous.
0: No, I mean. it's gonna be practical.
1: Right there. You're right though. You you can't be posting that half full. That's
0: a that's a rookie mistake right there. It's it's a rookie mistake, man. You you're gonna get grilled on the gram like that, dude. <laughs> These boys out here could be ruthless, man. So uh moving on to my bougie self, I guess, having to 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 pick all the, the expensive options because you know bro's a little cheapskate sometimes that is that's what he's, it is he's like you're gonna pick all the you're gonna pick all the expensive stuff you know Drifty, him, you man. know I'm cheap um so I, I went I went with a uh, another a product from our friends at Wolf and uh I shouldn't say our friends they don't know who the hell I am but <laughs> <laughs> I like their products my my father keeps his watches in, in Wolf stuff and I've had a few wolf winders over the years but uh they have a a really cool watch box it's either eight or 10, depending on how you get it, but it's in British racing green. It was relatively recent that they debuted this, Um, but I just love the color. It's a little bit more expensive than your standard black or whatever that they do, but there's three major configurations. There's an eight slot, a 10 slot, and then a 10 slot with extra storage. Um, So no matter how you slice it, you're looking between anywhere between $399 to just under $500 for whichever version you're going for. So lower end, eight eight slides is going to be $399. The higher end width storage is going to be $495. So um, it's a really beautiful looking watch box. It has the extra storage if you go with that. But it's also something that I would feel proud to have presented on an, a nightstand, on an armoire, or something like that in my house. So it would be something that's cool. I love the color. I think it's really nice. And it's from a great brand. So there you go. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with that.
1: Next up. What you got uh, next, man? Uh, so toolkits, I guess the all-encompassing all toolkit I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to lie to you. In the budget range, I'm not a huge fan of these. I find that they usually come with a lot of useless stuff or a lot of yeah. things that I don't want to be putting on my watches. And I guess if you're a budget collector and you're just trying to do something like change the bezel on your Seiko, you know, you have the wedge tool in there, so that's fine. And you have a couple screwdrivers. Again, they're not going to be great, but they get the job done. Mm -hmm, You can change mm -hmm. a bracelet. You can size a bracelet. This one is—it's by a brand called Easy Tool. It's a 16-piece toolkit. It's 20 bucks. It's the same one you're going to find up and down Amazon. And again, I—it has its place. It's probably not the one I would sink my money into because, as we—the common theme here, as we've said, is that you do get what you pay for and over time, it hopefully will come back to you by not having to have your watches repaired or retouched, or you won't be losing mm-hmm. value on resale because you're not scratching the crap out of them. So hopefully by investing a little extra, you can you can do a little better. So I feel like you're probably gonna have the better pick here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, this was a hard one for me to, to find stuff because again, there's so many good brands out there. And again, when it comes to these types of toolkits, really high quality tools is everything. Um, especially when you're looking at things like pliers or you're th- looking at things like pin extractors, um, JAXA watch case back tools. Um, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, it's kind of like that three prong tool that looks like a wrench. Yeah. It's called a JAXA tool. Um, I believe it was invented by Bergeron. Um, this is all old school stuff. This has been in production for years and years and years, and it is really industry standard. Um, that said, there are several different price points to, to get into uh, when it comes to, to to watch toolkits. The least expensive one that I found from Bergeron is the, the 7812 model. It's a quick battery and bracelet changing toolkit. Um, that's going to come with battery tweezers, which are plastic. Um, so you don't short circuit the, the watch movement or the battery cell itself. Uh, you have a spring bar tool in there. You got a couple screwdrivers, uh, nothing to, to write home about. You do have a case back knife. You have a loop, uh, you have a JAXA tool, and then you have a, uh, a, a pin extractor set. All of that's in there. It comes in a hard case. It's not an Invicta Pelican case, mind you. But it comes in a hard case and it's $219. That is a toolkit that probably anybody would be able to do most of their stuff with at home without really any issues and do it with a fairly high level of competency. Okay. Now, if it was me, what I would recommend doing is buying tools based on your needs. Yeah. Okay. If you're not going to go out and start changing batteries, on watches you don't need battery tweezers you don't need any of that stuff because it's not necessary for you um if you're not going to get into watch making or the hobby of watch making then you don't need all of these extra tools so stick with the basics stick with your spring bar tool stick with a good set of screwdrivers stick with um a case back tool or you know a great one that's out there now is the case back like um the case back like bubble it's like a soft squishy like almost like a stress ball yeah i've seen that but you you put it there it fits in most cases and just with friction you can you usually muscle it off without any damage at all because it's plastic it's like rubbery um there's a really good youtuber um that i don't know if you follow him at all bro but there's a really good youtuber by the name of marshall he runs a channel called wristwatch revival and he's basically a hobbyist watchmaker who starts going through systematically like watch services he just dropped a video during this recording session for this podcast, so I'm going to watch it probably after this. Um, but he has an entire uh, video dedicated to watchmaker tools, both high end and low end, and things to look for when you're buying them because sick. he has owned both. That's so probably very good video. Yeah, I mean he is, and his videos are amazing. He, he shoots. They great, are. I've seen him. He shoots great fidelity, so his stuff is amazing. Shout out to Marshall. If you ever happen to be listening to this this podcast, because I do love your videos personally and anybody who's interested in watchmaking or wanting to know how watches work, definitely go check out his YouTube channel because it is fantastic. I cannot recommend it enough. So check out his video on watchmaker tools. It is very good. And I guess kind of in the realm of watchmaker tools, it's not so much a watchmaker tool,
1: but I think this is a tool that most people should have given that they're accessible at very cheap price points and the cheaper ones work pretty well is a degausser Mm, and for those who don't know a degausser will demagnetize your watch if it gets magnetized and that does happen it's it's a real thing right not every watch has anti-magnetic properties or all this great protection your watches can get magnetized it does funny things to the movement and believe it or not just by using one of these kind of strange-looking tools, it goes right back to normal. And I've done it. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah. But a lot of electronic devices could magnetize a watch. You go through any kind of magnetic field. Obviously, you wouldn't sit in, like, an MRI with one. But if you go through a lot of, like, detectors and things, they have magnetic f- uh, poles and things. So uh, you can find one on Amazon – 13 bucks, 14 bucks, IT family is the brand but they're they're up and down Amazon. They all look the same. It's a blue box with a red button and a little light and a cord <laughs> and that's it. you plug it in and all you do is you plug it in, you turn it on with a little button, you set your watch on top of it and you just lift it a few times up and down. There's tutorials on YouTube on how to use it. It's very easy mm-hmm. and that's it and your watch becomes demagnetized. but yeah, it's a great tool to have to be
0: honest. It, it, it certainly is. And I, and I will say this, though, as a caveat, because I've seen a lot of people like, yeah, I'm just going to get a degausser and, and fix this. I will say this, guys, 90% of the time that will work. One thing that's important to understand about magnetism on watch movements is it is compounding. So technically, if you expose your watch to a level of magnetism that gets imposed onto the movement, and then you encounter another magnetic field presence, that magnetism could actually stack on top of each other. It's a very weird phenomenon. A lot of people don't really understand how it works. I certainly do not, but there is science to support this. So eventually magnetism could basically create a super magnet with inside your watch by how much magnetic force is imposed onto the movement. Um, Sometimes when you have a watch that's running fast with a degausser, it's a great option to have one. It will not always solve the problem, okay? Especially if that watch has been running with a magnetic force on it for a very, very, very long time. So this is a caveat I do want to make sure we put out there because we are about facts here on Rishi's Radio. So it will work about 90% of the time. Sometimes, however, that magnetic field can cause your movement to run out of tolerance, and that would be needing to have a watchmaker go in and physically adjust the movement to get it back into rate because it can throw it out of whack. That said... Me, with my big, bad, bougie self, I had to bring the big Mama Jamma degausser, one that I've personally used before. I don't own it, but at the store that I used to work at, uh, we did have this exact same version. I loved it because it would actually tell you where the magnetic field was inside the watch. Wow. So the, it's, it's another product from the brand Auratech They call it the Mag Test. It's just shy of $500. But basically, once you put the watch on the actual tester different diodes will indicate exactly where where the magnetic presence is happening. And that way it allows you to degauss it much faster. You can change everything very quickly and determine exactly what's going on with your timepiece at that moment.
1: And so I guess if you're going to have the need for a degausser, it usually means your watch is running out of spec. How do you find out your watch is running out of spec, but with a time now there aren't many med- many budget options for time okay i think the cheapest one you could find is like 180 bucks and even then i don't know about the branding on it so i will give mm-hmm. you a budget alternative here in there are apps for your phone ones that i've used before tool watch is one it's free there's another one that a lot of people swear by called watch tracker it's five bucks i think and basically what you do is you're just manually timing your watch from day to day. So at such and such a time, you hit the, the little button and then you come back to it. You hit the button again after a certain amount of elapsed time and it tells you exactly how off your watch is by however many seconds. Now,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: problem is, is that it's not so automatic. There's a lot of user error. But you're also not spending 180 bucks. So it's a yeah. a very basic way to kind of keep track of your time as opposed to just checking it every few hours against the atomic clock and seeing how off it is. But there's not really many budget time graphers out there.
0: However, there's plenty of
1: expensive ones. Yes.
0: Yes, there is. And, and I should say this with, with a caveat and a grain of salt, like expensive is a relative term here, because as you were pointing out, like that version that you can find on the internet, eBay, Amazon, those things, they're about $180 starting out. Yeah. For a, a pretty, sensitive piece of equipment that's that's not a bad price point per se. But when you compare this to some of the actual versions that are you know these are copied from the Swiss models, those can be multiple thousands of dollars, which is very, very expensive. So I actually didn't have a pick for this because basically what you're gonna get that's going to be a copy is gonna be a little bit more on the expensive end. but just so you guys understand that Chinese version you're buying on eBay or Amazon, at $180, the Swiss equivalent of that same technology is multiple thousands of dollars. So there you go. Yeah, that's those are pro tools. Those are,
1: that's what the big boys got in the back. You never get to see. Uh, aside from that, I was just running through in my head, kind of strap alternatives and stuff, and really not anything in specific, but just as far as brands go, for me, fabric straps, I have two places I go to for affordable quality fabric straps. Crown and Buckle, can never miss with them. You can mm-hmm. get a NATO for 12 bucks, standard nylon NATO, and they go up from there. And the other one is uh Cincy Strapco. Yeah. Small company out of Cincinnati. Can't miss with them either. They make a bunch of cool stuff. They make uh military-style NATOs, they make everything you can think of. And they make a variety of stuff. You can can get anything, sailcloth, whatever you want. So, I've never missed with them. No
0: complaints there at all. Yeah, no. Those are those are two great options. I also want to throw out a another option from a really great NATO company that I don't think gets a lot of cred. Um, but there's a brand, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, is Phenomenato. Um, they make really, really, really great seatbelt NATOs. They're about $40 or so. And they are the closest I have seen to the Omega OEM NATO. They're going to be the right length. They're going to have the right floating keeper. It's going to have the right hardware. Everything's going to be great. Um, everything's going to be just fine. And they look really, really solid. And at 40 bucks, it's a fraction of what Omega's charging for those type of NATOs. So it's a really great option. Yeah. For me, rubber...
1: Pretty much one stop shop. I'm always pretty much going to Barton. Um Uncle Seiko makes good stuff, but I kind of feel weird putting an Uncle Seiko rubber on something that's not a Seiko. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, to... me too. <laughs> as far as dive watches go, that is. But Barton rubbers can't miss the, the Barton silicone elite is is fantastic. And you can get any any kind of buckle, pretty much any color combination. And it
0: always looks solid. Yeah. I mean, they do a great job. I I I haven't owned one personally, but I do also know that they they send you multiple lengths of straps as well. Like yes, when you order some of their stuff, like awesome. Like how thoughtful is that? It's like here, have an extra strap in case you have a smaller wrist or a larger wrist, which I think is really really great. It's just, it just speaks to customer service, and that's why Barton is doing really well. Um, they have watch fans back. So there you go. Uh, as far as rubber straps, I don't really have anything um, per se, but I am a big fan of Tropic. Rubber straps. Um, so, this isn't really something that would put on all my watches, but it's certainly a great option if you're looking for vintage timepieces or divers. Um, I can't say enough good things about the people at Tropic. I love their products. Um, I own several of their straps, and they're phenomenal. They look great on everything, especially if it's a vintage timepiece or a vintage inspired timepiece. It's a fantastic strap, and you are getting high quality rubber. You are getting what you're paying for for sure. Yeah, and you have those those well-known
1: rubber strap makers Everest, Rubber B, mm-hmm. and you're going to wind mm-hmm. up somewhere in the 200s with them. There yeah, is a company, absolutely. the the strap I have on my Black Bay fitted rubber, it's from a company called Vanguard Straps. They're about half the price of the other ones. So you're getting a a fitted high-quality rubber strap for about 100 120 bucks as opposed to 200 250 bucks. And it's every bit as good in my opinion. And so if you have a – I think they make Rolex, Tudor, maybe Omega. But if you got one of those, check them out. Vanguard straps, worth a look. For sure. Anything in the bracelet realm? Well, if I'm going budget, it's probably going to be something either Uncle Seiko, Hadley Roma, something in there. I know Uncle Seiko makes a lot of the vintage bracelets for Omega now. Yeah, they do. I know he made that one you were talking about, that President Bracelet – yeah. The 1450. Yeah. That's I saw, I saw you made that and that and apparently everybody loves it. So.
0: Yeah. And, and on that same, that same vein, I've uh, had a feeling you would mention on Uncle Seiko. Uh, but I got to throw some, some, some love to our friends at, at Forstner bands. Again, yeah. I don't know why I say friends cause I don't know who I am, but I own, a, I, I own, se- <laughs> <laughs> I own several of their products. I do love them and they look great on Speedmasters, but now they're starting to get into kind of like you know, fitted, higher quality bracelets and things like that. I think that's certainly a great option. Um, They just released a brand new version of their flat link bracelet, which I think is probably one of their best seller models, Um, especially with the upgraded end links and things like that. They also have the new milled clasp uh, for that respective uh, bracelet, which I think looks really good. You can get it in both satin finish and a two-tone polished and satin finish. Um, For your speedies and divers out there, I really wish and Forstner, if you're ever listening to this, I really wish you would make a newer bracelet for the Seamaster 300, especially the current version and the the older version from 2014. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Um, It's just a little odd right now because it's 21 mil lugs. So it's very hard to find anything that's aftermarket that's not in the Omega bracelet. So Forstner Bands.
1: Yeah. And then I know there's a ton of artisan leather strap makers, but in the budget realm, hard to find budget because usually with them, you're going to wind up in the 70, 80, 100 plus range. But I've always had a pretty good experience with Hirsch. Okay. Hirsch straps, kind of no frills, but they always get the job done. I've never really been disappointed with them. You can usually get stuff around 40 bucks. They have stuff that goes all the way up to expensive 200 bucks, but you can get a, a solid... Budget leather and leather's tough because you don't want to cheap out because leather it's, right. it needs to be high quality. You don't want it to be too stiff. Plastic control. Yeah, exactly. So you don't you really don't want to cheap out leather. I think 40 bucks is reasonable, but I really wouldn't want to be buying like a ten dollar leather strap. Like you know you know yeah, what know you're know. getting. You know exactly mm-hmm. what you're getting there. It's gonna be the one that comes on the green original, not original, the green Alpinist, the 017. That horrible, <laughs>
0: horrible leather. Well, and for me, if, if I'm still going to wrap everything up with the bougie options today, um, there's a lot of great straight strap manufacturers out there, but I'm just going to list a few that I have had direct experience with. Uh, first one is Crown & Buckle, their black label series. So these are all the kind of the more American-made straps. They're higher quality leathers. Um, I've purchased a few of those for friends over the years. I've owned a few of them. Myself, that's a great option if you're looking for kind of that vintage style strap. Uh, there's Delugs, uh, Mon Straps, and Strap Tailor. I kind of use these all in the same category just because they're all relatively similar price points and very high quality. They're all artisanally made, bespoke straps in some cases. You can get them custom made. They do, of course, have their standard production that's just normal there, ready to buy. Um, but all of those are fantastic options if you're looking for something in that slightly more elevated range, but not wanting to enter into like a, a Boulang and Sons territory where it's going to be a much more expensive uh, leather strap.
1: Yeah. And just other ones from my own, uh, Veblenist is a bit, is one I've used a couple times, yeah. like their stuff, Combat Straps, Seldi Straps. And those are very independent people who just make straps for different brands. They'll make you Panerai, they'll make you Rolex, whatever you're looking for. But check them out, they make very interesting stuff. You can get some really cool leathers, different colors, not your run-of-the-mill black, brown, blue. Right. You know, it's, it's nice to have options, especially now that we're branching out with a lot of different dial colors, a lot of different case materials. Like you want to be mixing that up. You don't want to be so traditional, right? Especially because none of us are going to work formal anymore. No. <laughs> if I want to
0: rock a hot pink camo strap, let me.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then just a couple other things I think are are not so watch-related, but things that I find important to have. Soft bristle toothbrush for cleaning your watches. <laughs> Necessary, all right? Yes, yes, Necessary. yes. Necessary. You got to get into those nooks and crannies. You got to clean that bracelet out, especially if you're doing something in that bracelet active, like you go fishing or something. You're going to have those fish guts in your bracelet. It's going to happen. Yeah. Got to clean that stuff out. Soft bristle toothbrush. Don't scratch your watch up. Get all up in there with some soap and water. You don't need that Max Wilsdorf watch cleaner, okay? <laughs> uh, some kind of a strap organizer or bin. I have a Tupperware. It's a goddamn mess, but some people have really good organizational skills, or they use like a tackle box or something. Some kind of bin for your straps, trust me. yeah, idiot. It's going to get yeah. out of control eventually. Um. For the reasons you said earlier, I didn't include a winder in this because unless you have like a perpetual calendar or something, do you really
0: need a winder? No, you don't. Right? No, you don't.
1: Putting that unnecessary stress on the movement, right? Probably
0: cutting down your service time and longevity. So just remember, guys, when a watch is on that winder, it's being worn whether you're wearing it or not, which means it's running constantly it's getting unnecessary usage whether you pick it up or not so if that baby's just ticking away for six months on that bad boy and you don't wear it once that six months you just added or took away from that service life because it has been running that long so it sounds like a really convenient thing especially if you are changing watches often but as bro mentioned I would never put a watch on a winder unless one it's it's for somebody that maybe doesn't wear a watch often like my wife her watch is on a winder because I want her to just be able to pick it up and and not have to bug me to set it. So there you go. But two, if it's a watch that's very technically complicated or very difficult to set, right? Like if you're setting a perpetual calendar, annual calendar, uh, something where you could damage a mechanism very easily, yeah, that warrants a winder. It just, it makes sense. Uh, Moon phase is another great example as well. Put that bad boy on a winder. Um, Everything else, GMT, chrono, it's not necessary. Save your money. Yeah, take some time to set your watch. It's like part of the fun at this point. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't have anything else there, but as far as, I'll say as far as, some, as the budget things that I've used and that I put my faith in, I will drop some links in my bio to that stuff for people who are into that because I know I like to save money. And I know. Listen, we're putting a lot of money into the watches. You're probably trying yeah. to save a penny here or there. For the stuff that I can speak for, I will uh, put that out there so people could check that out. And and
0: as a personal disclaimer, guys, bro asked me to pick the more expensive options. And so (laughs) I went with that. But these are not normally things that I would go out and and necessarily buy. I am a normal person like the rest of you guys who are listening to this podcast, but we wanted to give you guys a range of price points. So I had to to, to draw the unlucky straw of picking all the expensive stuff. Uh, so I hope it doesn't come across as distasteful in any way, but we just want to give you guys a broad range because we know we have a lot of different listeners out there that are in all different types of socioeconomic classes. We want to give you guys options. So that's ultimately what it comes down to. This isn't this isn't just me. It's just we want to give you some options. So hey, there you go. I, sometimes you want to get somebody a nice gift, right? You don't know what to get. Absolutely. Them. Hey, I heard it this skimp? expensive you thing. Want I, to want to, I want to
1: overdo. You know, I want to get you a nice leather watch. roll. it's 200 bucks, but.
0: Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's all I got, man. I think I think the only thing I could maybe add in there is for our fellow Hezzy boys out there, maybe a little tube of polywatch oh, and a definitely. nice microfiber. That's it.
1: That's all I got. Definitely. Yeah, that polywatch is clutch, especially if you have or enjoy vintage watches because you can clean that crystal right up. And let me tell you, it looks so good. When you get a watch and it's got a, like a worked-over crystal, and then you you clean yeah. it up real nice, and you can see all the details of the dial again, and it's it's not cloudy, and you're like, all right, yeah. And with that, um, I would also add some really fine grit sandpapers because if you have really bad gouges in your crystal, you can get those right out with some sandpaper. I've, yeah, I've done yeah, it; it it works very nicely.
0: Yeah, I at the store I used to work with, that's how the the watchmaker used to take out really aggressive scratches he would literally just scuff the entire crystal to its cloudy and then work it back with different grits of sandpaper and then finish it off with polywatch.
1: That's how he would do it. Yeah. You're basically just bringing the rest of the crystal down to the height of the, the gouge. Correct. Correct. But it it would only, he would
0: only do it. He would only do it on very extreme cases. So it wasn't like, you know, something that he would do often, but when it, when it was necessary, that's how he would do it. He'd work it back from, from uh, different levels of, of, of grit. Yeah, before thanks. finishing it off. Perfect sense. So there you go. That's what we got. Yeah. I think, I think that that low cost, note. kind of midi range and then expensive, bougie stuff. So there you go, guys.
1: Yeah.
0: We could wrap up, I think, episode 12 here. Episode 12. As always, it's been a pleasure.
1: Hopefully you folks at home learned something today. I know I did. <laughs> As
0: well, always, we appreciate it. Radio. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it, guys. You guys have a good one. Take care. Peace.